this is Jackie Phillips. Hi, this is Steve Romaine. Welcome, Welcome to Reset You Today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Reset. We have a very interesting show for you today. Jackie? I'm very excited about this show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jackie, for inviting me. So this show is very special today. It is about the disappearance of people. What if you didn't know where your son or daughter was? What if they vanished without a trace? This is the case for the caravan. And Maria Luisa Ernst has done a documentary for the last five years and has dedicated her life to sharing the story with the world. Her film is called A Place of Absence, and that is exactly how those people feel. These women is their plight to find their missing sons or daughters who disappeared. Did you know that more people have died trying to cross the border than in September 11th or Katrina alone? These numbers are staggering. Mm. Yes, uh, just in this country, in the United States, there is uh, 6,000 people that have been found by Border Patrol from 2000 to 2016, which is Their amazing. bodies. Their bodies, just bodies found um, dead. Uh, dead. But exactly. that is just people found. There's over 120,000 people missing without a trace. These people, gone. their families have no idea where they are whether they're alive, whether they're dead, whether they're, I mean, they've been sold to sex trade. Yes. Um, tortured. How old is the average person, the, the children we're talking about? No, we're talking about just people. We say children because their mothers are looking for them and they're all got, always gonna be children for them. They're my children. Sure. But it's people that have been disappeared and we're talking the caravan of mothers is a caravan of Central American mothers. They're mainly from the Northern Triangle of Central America, which is Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. Mm -hmm. And then they found that the children was traveling to the United States for a better life. And when some point between Central America and the States, it went missing. All they know is that they they knew about them. They knew they some of them had the last phone call. Some of them were less right before crossing the border with the states. Some of them was in Mexico, like further south in Mexico, and they, they don't know anything about I was about just going to ask you that. Is there a common area where they're disappearing? It's everywhere. There are more dangerous areas in, in Mexico, and obviously in, <laughs> in the states too. It's yes. like, it's the certain, uh, it's right before they cross the border too. But we're talking about uh, 20,000 people go missing every year, 20,000 Central Americans go missing every single year, which is numbers that you can't even think about. It's like, and there's estimated there is between 70,000 and 120,000 people disappeared in the last 10, 15 years. And the Commission of, uh, of uh, Human Rights Commission in Mexico, they estimated there was 70,000 in 2013. They say this is huge number but but nobody really knows for sure how many people are disappear because again repeating these are illegal migrants this is people that don't have a passport it's people that have not been controlled in the border mm -hmm. so it's really hard to know for sure what the numbers are what the numbers are, are who they are where they disappeared and the most terrible thing is like because they are illegal nobody's looking for them in the place where they disappeared there is no way 
for their family members mm -hmm. far away in Central America to go mm -hmm. to Mexico or to come to the United States and and go to but, a... But is there somebody leading the caravan? Is there somebody like helping to take them across the border? Are they investigating those people? Do they know who those people are? The American border you're talking yeah, about? If, if, if when they leave their country and they're, they're I, I imagine they're leaving in groups. And not necessarily. I mean, they travel in groups, but I, I, my film is mainly about the mother's caravan, which is what happens after the people disappear. So these women found out that their children were missing in some point. They don't know, they didn't know what to do, and, and they know that nobody's looking for them. So the only thing they have left is organize themselves, get together, and then they make something what is called the mother's caravan, which is a bus with 40, 60 mothers that travels every year through Mexico for 20 days looking for their loved ones. Mm -hmm. So they, they put a picture of the loved ones in their chest, very close to their heart, and they walk the streets asking wow. people, have you, wow. have you seen my son? So they go through the migrant route, and they ask everybody, not just that, they also do some activist work. Mm -hmm. They've done a lot of things, I mean, in the last, uh, the last caravan that I traveled with them, they spoke in the Mexican Senate. So they became, a little famous in Mexico. Mm -hmm. They became a voice, and uh, there is one one group uh, guided by one woman. There is Marta Sanchez. This is the mm -hmm. organizer of the caravan. It's a Mexican person that is gathering all this group of mothers from different different countries and helping them through the, all the the logistics of traveling through Mexico and speaking in different places, mm -hmm. sleeping, because when the caravan started, they was just a few women going whatever they could get with the whatever resources they had so they had to travel also illegally to look for their children i mean they were doing anything they could you do the, you will do the same sure, absolutely. yes we'll all do the same yeah but but the the thing is that these women have very little resources sometimes very little education mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. are they here legally as well or illegally they're not in the states they're, they're in, in Mexico. The they're, they're in Mexico. Yeah. They travel once a year for 20 days. In, in Mexico. Mexico. In Mexico. Because from where? From Central America. They from travel Central from America. El Salvador. Yeah. They travel from El Salvador, from Guatemala, and from Honduras. They go uh, for 20 days, and then they go back to their countries. They just do all this activist work and actually look for them, and they have found more than 200 people. It's 265 people. Alive? In 10 years of caravans, correct, alive. I mean, they have found more dead people, but the live ones, the live ones are 265. Now, let's talk about you, Maria Luisa. You have a lot of compassion for this subject, and you've been working on this documentary for the last five years. What led you to this? I mean, this is an act of love to do this. Yeah, Jackie, me and I, I'm a mother too. I have, I have yeah. a daughter, yes. I'm an immigrant, as you can see from my accent. <laughs> I'm also an immigrant <laughs> to this country. Uh, I'm so an immigrant too. Yeah. We're all immigrants. <laughs> One way or another, like originally in this country yes. we were Native Americans. Yes. So by definition, we're all immigrants or immigrant descendants, but I'm just one And the women were really touched because they were thinking, my son could be very here, and I'm just walking on top of my son, and this looks like a dumpster. It literally looked like a dumpster. Yeah. So people throw trash in there, and so it's not a it's not a cemetery. It's not nothing. So they were crying. They were really touched. That was the first caravan, and the second caravan I went, I visited again, 
this uh, with a different group of uh, same some of the same mothers and others that came to the second caravan and and they had planted flowers and trees the year the previous year and this year they were promised this was going to be a memorial site with trees and everything and the mothers are like it wasn't they just had planted a few trees it's, it's good good people that wanted to help yeah. them out but i'm not it wasn't even the government it's not even local government and what they were saying is like how like i don't want little trees i don't want a memorial i want you to get that body and give it back to me if it is my son my daughter my mm -hmm. sister i want to be able to bury her and what i come here to this concept is this burial rituals that we've done as a collective mm -hmm. uh, I mean, every culture has mm -hmm. some sort of burial ceremony. ceremony. Uh, and we've been doing this in human history, even before we had language, we mm -hmm. bury our dead. Sure. So it's, some, it's a need, not for the, the dead, it's for the live one. Yeah. So this allows you to release the pain, start the moaning process. Uh, it's, a, it's an actual thing that you do with a body that it can allow the other person to start living a life. Start healing. Start healing. Yeah. You're saying, right, that's the word, right. healing. healing. And what these mothers don't have is healing. They don't mm -hmm. have closure. And they are in what I call a place of absence, mm -hmm. which is the title of my film. It is a place of absence. This is the place that I saw my mother inhabit for so long. And I see these women are lost. The, there is an international... Um, uh, the UN determined that uh, having a person, a close person, disappear and don't know where they are was equivalent to being tortured. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Sure. Mental and emotional. Mental and emotional. Mm -hmm. So what I'm, what I want to do with my film is touch the hearts of Americans and and see how they can see and feel what these women are living. Yes. And and be 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 moved by their their story, their pain, their yeah. pain and and understand that this this collective pain is not possible. This is a heavy weight in humanity. We, mm -hmm. A mother's suffering is, is like, it's, it's too heavy for us to have. It's a, a burden, everybody, no matter what country you're from. Sure. And, and it's something what do we can do about it. Now, how dangerous is it for the women when they're on this caravan looking for these bodies? How, are they encountering danger? Um, I mean, the caravans, at the beginning they were, but now they're more organized by the Movimiento Migrante Mesoamericano, that's the name of the movement that organized them. They get local authorities to help oh, them to go with uh, the yeah. policemen are escorting them, and mm -hmm. of course they're already kind of becoming famous. Mm -hmm. The mother's caravan are famous, so they want to make sure they're protected, there is press following them. Mm -hmm. It is... Um, but that first group must have been... The first, there were just a few women sleeping, whatever they could sleep, in wow. shelters, in churches. Wow. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were just going anywhere. But now, let's talk about your film a little bit. So, your film is raising awareness to make the absence visible. You know, you're helping make absence visible. You're helping these mothers find closure so they can stop being stuck, so they can be reunited with their loved ones or bury them with <coughs> dignity. Because right now they're the walking dead. You know, when you're being tortured and you don't know where this person is, it's every day you're living with it. So you're just walking in a fog. And once that you find if they're alive or they're dead, you can reset your life and restart. And you're putting a face on immigrants, illegal immigrants, and what that looks like. We forget 
I mean, I, when we were talking the other day and I said, excuse me for saying this, but it's almost like in America, we treat our pets better than we treat people mm. a lot of times. And it's true, we do. And we forget that these people have a mother looking for them, crying every day, saying rosaries, you know, just wondering in complete distress and probably getting themselves sick. So Mary Louisa, in your movie, A Place of Absence, you're making absence visible. And you're giving these mothers the opportunity to either find their loved ones and be reunited or bury them with dignity. And by finding them, they are able to reset their lives. So tell us a little bit about your movie and some of the stories of the women you portray and focus on in the movie. Because I know one of the women did find her daughter. Yes, yes. In the story, one of the mothers found her daughter. So the story of Claudia is uh, she left her mother because she was, um, there was a lot of gang violence in El Salvador. So she was being... She had to pay $25 a day, which is a fortune down there, to stay alive. If she didn't come up with that money, she would be killed. For years she was doing that and she got tired. So she decided to escape that and came here and left her mother with two little kids, her own kids. And while she was coming to the state, she was caught in Mexico and brought into the sex trade in Tijuana. Oh. Well, she escaped. Luckily, she's one of the ones who escaped after many years, but she was very damaged. And uh, so she, she didn't know how to even get in touch with the mother. I don't think she wanted, she was broken up. She was probably in shame. In shame is something really bad happens to women when these terrible things happen to them. They don't contact yeah. their families. So through the, she saw, she saw a caravan one day and then she approached them and she asked them if they could help her to see her mother again. So in the next caravan, they told her mother, we found her, she is alive, come with us with next chills. year. So this happened last year when they went to the second caravan. They didn't take her back home? Oh no, they can't take her back. It's complicated, it's whole complicated. She could no, just, she it's, can't go it's back. it's a very complicated, killed. she got killed. But when the mother came to, to find her, she wanted to take her back home. The mother was like, of course, super happy to see her. They had not seen each other in eight years. Um, she raised her kids, you mm. know. She was the mm. mother of her kids for all this time. So it's a very beautiful encounter where the mother is showing pictures of her kids, how old they are, and the mother is saying, I'm not gonna leave you here. I cannot leave you. I'm not gonna let you go. You're mm. coming with me. Mm. So they were talking about, they was talking about going back, but they couldn't, at the end, it was too dangerous. I mean, she, they wanted to do it, but they didn't realize that it could be too dangerous to go back. And when the mother came back to El Salvador in the bus, in the village they come, there was all the gang members were outside. Waiting for her. In the village, waiting for her. So wow. if she would have go back with she her mother, died. she would have been killed. So do they keep in touch? Do they? They keep in touch by phone. Now they're in touch by phone. She keeps asking me and begging me, please help me go see my mother one more time. I want to go for Christmas, and I was like, I'm going to try to make it happen, but if I do that, I will have to make you go undercover with mm -hmm. a lot of security. Yeah. I can be responsible for your death. So what we're trying is to get wow. the mother, maybe go back to Mexico and bring the children back. So we're trying to find how can Claudia see her kids one more time. I know she cannot go back, but we're talking about a person that should be given uh, asylum. asylum. Exactly, yeah. asylum either in Mexico or here, but she can't even navigate 
that possibility. But she's, she's illiterate. She doesn't even know how to write or oh, read. Wow. So yeah. Was she involved with a gang member? Is that is that why her life is at risk, or was she part of the gang? I think when she was little, she was in the gang. Maybe somehow she got involved, but not for too long. But that's why they don't want to. They don't want to give her up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. why she had to. She wanted not be part of their that their things. That, she had to pay. I want she either had to pay or be killed. That's 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 the choice. One gangs always gang. And what about her children? Are they in danger or no? The whole family is in danger. They live in the zone that is a war zone. You know these countries we're talking about. They're the most Honduras and El Salvador maybe. They're it's not just poor. They're the most dangerous countries in the world that is not in a war zone. So there's more people being killed every day there than anywhere else. From, from gang violence? From, from gang violence. Gang violence is taking over. Because of drugs? Because of... Gang. Because gangs. I mean, it's, very, it's a very complex problem. It's hard to explain in shorter time. Mainly it's because United States... Um, mainly it's because United States send gang members that they found in, in, in Los Angeles. They were trained there already, like became really dangerous people, mm -hmm. and they just deported them at one point. Instead of, they didn't want to deal with them. Yeah. Sure. Put in jails, why pay there, not even hours. So they just shipped them, them over, sent them back without any, so they would send them back free, and they created this big gang organization that became two different ones, and it's, it's a very complex story, but it's So it's why does horrible. the mom and the kids, why did the moms, the mom and the kids stay there? Why, would, why wouldn't they move somewhere if it's that dangerous? How? <laughs> come here to the state illegally? Come and, ra and come to thousands of miles? Where's the government in all this? The, the, how is the government supporting the people and trying to make the country safe? Well, they are trying. They've been trying, but it's... They have very little resources. We're talking about very, very poor countries that are being affected by war, history of war, and a lot of American involvement in there too. I don't really want to get too much in the political aspect of it, but it's definitely what I want to say is very dangerous. The, the countries where they're coming from, they're escaping not just poverty. It's not they just want to come to this country and be rich. They're mm -hmm. just escaping real violence. They're trying to escape because their life is in danger every day. And so even coming here, being poor, is being rich. Yeah, it's better, better because than being peace. in danger, sure. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, I don't know if they really, what they they don't really know they're coming. They don't know what really this is. Yeah. But they, it's, it's better than being at risk of their lives. It's better know, right? than where they are. And they're willing to risk, they're willing to make this very dangerous trip. Think about Central America. They still have to cross all over Mexico to come hmm. here. Before they used to just jump on the train, Mm -hmm. They took them, they were called the beast, and they will just take them two weeks to come here to the, to the border in, in, in the States. Now, because of the Plan Frontera Sur, it's a, it's a plan that Americans, the United States forced Mexico to implant, which is to, to cover the Mexican border, make it even more dangerous for people to cross Central America. So now the, the dangerous conditions from Central Americans are even bigger, and there's more people being disappeared because they have to go to further uh, routes from civilization, very dangerous routes, so organized crime. I mean, everybody takes them. It's free meat. Nobody's looking for them. They're not even living yeah. in this yeah. country, so anybody can do anything. They grab them from there to take them to work, work no. everywhere in the yeah. world. I mean, they're being tucked, like, 
They're slaves. They're, they become slaves. Yeah, they become yeah. slaves or they're, they're taken by drug cartels and everything. Now, what about some of the other people in your film? Because you focused on four people. Yes. So tell us about some of the other women you focused on. Okay, one of the women I'm really, really close to is, her name is Guadalupe, like the mm -hmm. Virgin of Guadalupe. Oh. Yeah, she's been looking for her son for how many years? I think it's three years. Mm -hmm. Three years. And she's a really beautiful, beautiful woman. But she's so tortured by this. She says she cannot even, she can't sleep at night. She's never really at rest. And she told me this story that she sells food in the market. And when people ask her to make cook fried eggs for them, she's like, she can't do it because that was her favorite son's food. So oh. she loved fried oh. eggs in the morning. Wow. So she can't prepare for anybody. She says, I won't do that dish for anybody ever. So for the film, I asked her, what about, how about you would fry those eggs for the camera, like as an action of love, maybe your son will see this one day. And I asked her to do it and she did it. And she did it. So she was very, very, uh, very emotional. Very emotional, but very liberated at the same time. She said, now I think I can do it, but I, I'm doing, this is the work I'm doing with the mothers mm -hmm. because I'm making this very human right documentary, but it's been made in an artistic way because I'm an artist. So the sure, way I want to do sure. it is not with interviews of, celebrities or people talking about the problem. I want to see the mothers. The I want to people, see the people that are hurting. I want to see yeah. them. I want to see how they live, how they suffer, how they find their children, how they get over the mm -hmm. pain. I want to I want to portray this place of absence. So that's why I'm doing these activities with them, which are part of the movie. Will you go again to the next caravan next year? Um, that's a possibility, but what I'm trying to do and raise funds for now is to go to Central America okay. and be with them and see them and see the place where they're escaping. All that is very important for the film. Sure. Oh, wow. How dangerous is that for you? <laughs> it is dangerous. I have uh, to go with security. Yeah. We're trying to coordinate and organize to make, of course, the most safe possible for us, but we're definitely not going to go to the most dangerous areas. That's that's just suicidal. You said there were four people you focused on, so we heard about two. What were the other two? Who were the other two? The other one is uh, one the is the director of Cofamide. It's an organization of uh, of mothers and people that has missing mm -hmm. members while traveling. She's her son has been missing for 15 years. She's been looking for 15 years. How old was he when he went missing? He was 23, I think. Yeah. Wow. And it's crazy how the time is stopped because she's got this picture of this young, young yeah. adult. Mm -hmm. and, and she tells me the age that he will be now. It's like he keeps walking around showing that picture, but the son doesn't look, look like, like that, that anymore, at all yeah. if he's alive, yeah. if he's not. And I'm trying to come. She's an activist, so she, she started this Cofamide. She got together with mothers and they they formed this agrupation. She's amazing. She's the one who spoke on the Senate. She's really outspoken. Mm -hmm. She's like, very educated. A, she's educated, outspoken. Yeah. And I'm trying to, to bring her here to the States <clears throat> so she can come to one, go one of the cemeteries. Let's talk about that a little bit because I learned that speaking with you, there's a lot of people here 
that are unclaimed that are immigrants that have crossed from Mexico and we don't even know they exist. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. They died here in the U.S.? Yes, yeah. or were murdered or whatever goes on that people disappear. Yeah, I mean, there are cemeteries. There's a cemetery in Brooks, Brooks County. <clears throat> there is many, many, many uh, bodies found constantly, and they're being put on the graves and graves on the soil here mm -hmm. in this country without proper DNA or burial or anything. They just they find them and they toss find them, them in. and they give them to um, cremation. Cremation. Well, first it wasn't cremation. First it was just, just uh, to bury them. To bury them. And uh, yeah, no in DNA. Some there's been found like up to ten bodies in one 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 uh, burial hole. And who's burying them? The companies that bury people were their name. Uh, the funeral homes. Funeral homes. So the county gives the. Oh, they give the body over. They give the body to. And then they tell the Funeral them homes them. Yeah. give them money. They give them six hundred and twenty dollars per body. Mm -hmm. And they just get rid of the bodies, you know. They just put them on the soil and then just pile them. So there was all this investigation trying to find out, is this even legal? Yeah. Because <laughs> they yeah. found this and they was like, how could you just do that? And yeah, the result was, um, the result. So I was talking that I want to bring Anita here and to the United States to go in one of these cemeteries where they have bodies of immigrants so she can make some actions and action with the border angels. So. And I don't mean to sound ignorant in any way, but it almost seems that, or get very political, because this is about your film, but it seems as if there should be laws in place that if we find a body, we should at least know who that body is so that someone knows that their loved one has deceased. I mean, it just seems kind of like the organic thing to do. Jackie, this is it's common sense for me. Yeah. But believe it or not, there is no such a law that you have to make proper DNA to everybody that they found. They don't have the resources, so they just don't do it. Mm -hmm. But there is still there is some groups doing it. It's Colibri. They do proper DNA. There is other groups doing it, but I don't think there is. Well, it's expensive too. It's expensive, yeah. and it's not done in the. It's not everybody that dies in American desert gets proper DNA and they try to match it with their with their family sure. members looking for them. That's why it's so much. Especially when you're talking about astronomical numbers like seventy thousand people. Yeah. I mean it's it's a big number. Yeah, but some of them are lost in uh, or disappeared in Mexico too. Hmm. Not all of them are in, 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 in the States. Oh, and they, they can really be anywhere. They could be really? anywhere. They exactly. could be anywhere. Yeah, but the, the incredible thing is what they do, what I was telling you before, is what they do now with the bodies is they cremate them and they spread their ashes in the um, ocean. So you'll never find these people. That's what this, it's that's, what, that's what they're doing right now in the border oh, yeah. of this country. That's what is happening. The border of the U.S.? The border of the U.S. They disappear without a trace. And for me, those are stories of but what about U.S. Border Patrol and, and all this stuff? Like, like there's, there's police involved in policing and watching the border. Aren't they seeing some of this? Aren't they... Have you not watched Criminal Minds? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're seeing it. I mean, they, they're like, they're finding the bodies. They're giving it to the proper authorities, authorities. and they're just what they can do. That they, they just give it to this uh, 
funeral homes and the funeral homes just get rid of the bodies. What are they going to do? First they would put in whatever they could put them. And it sounds as if there needs to be, like the border angels, but something, another layer of that in place that there's funding involved so they could actually take an initiative to claim these bodies right. it and costs start a, so, a movement. Sorry, it costs $625 to get rid of one body. How much more would it cost to do proper DNA? Yeah, yeah. And so, that's why I want to create this change with the movie. Yes. I, want, I want people to know all this and be connected with their, their search, their loss, their, their emotion, their stories. And the stories, and see immigrants in a different perspective. So if you see a mother suffering from a child, you're not going to see the guy that is coming to steal your job. Mm. You're seeing another face. What happens when they don't make it here? Yeah. What happens with those people? They're buried somewhere in your, your land, in your country, and they're like ghosts. We want to put a different face on those of an immigrant. You know, like I was saying earlier in the interview, we're immigrants too in America. And imagine if someone I loved was missing, I would be a wreck. And that's what we want to do. We want to put a face on these people in a place of absence. So let's talk about your fourth person. Who's the fourth person that you talk about in your movie? My fourth person is a mother that found also her daughter in a jail in Mexico. Oh, I remember. Yeah, she was, uh, she was looking for her. For, in a jail? Yeah, in jail. She was looking for her for a couple years without even knowing where she was. But then the son, through investigating and being good in technology, he found his sister in jail. She was the commit. She was accused of a crime she didn't commit. Unfortunately, what a lot of what's happening to the immigrants in Mexico, they're being caught by uh, drug cartels. So they're being victims of of them. So they, so they get kidnapped by the cartel, and yeah, then they I mean, have you, to. You can say kidnap, or you can say kidnap, but yeah, they're being forced to work for them with yeah. gun yeah. point mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. like. If we don't, if you don't do what I'll we want you to do, right. yeah. they're not yeah. just you. I know who your family members are, yeah. and I'll tell your mother, your daughter. Mm -hmm. Like, talk to them. I know where they are. Mm -hmm. So just work for us. And so they're forced to work for them, and uh, this is what happens to her. So what happens is you call somebody calls the the drug guys, and it's like, hey, we're gonna go to your house tonight. So the bad guys escape, and what they cut. The police cut, cut uh, cuts people like, oh, look how good policemen we are. We mm. cut drug dealers or drug mm -hmm. makers or whatever you are. And these poor people were just victims of the big guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're the ones put in jail. So was he able to get her released? She, uh, no, it's a long, it's an ongoing, ongoing story. So she's got a lawyer. We've been trying to get her out in the car when she went and found her and, and and met her after a long time, so she got a few hours, like That's the whole nice. evening, to be with her in jail. But uh, at least she knows she's alive. She knows she's alive. You know, exactly. And she knows you should where have she seen. Is. This is like the. She was the happiest person. She was. She when I left, I did. I wasn't able to go inside of the facility mm -hmm. in the jail, but I, mm -hmm. I I went with her all to the to the gate, and she was bringing one red rose rose to her daughter, and when she came out, she was like a brighting. It was like so happy, laughing, and like I hope every mother could have this peace because now I know she's here. Just I know to she's like really get a perspective of. of that, though, a mother being so joyful and excited about seeing her daughter, 
who's in jail. Yeah, exactly. Like, think about that, right? Like, of all the places, right? But she knows she's alive and she's probably safer in jail than she is... In the streets. In the streets. Or dead. Wow. Yeah. Now, wow. in your movie, I loved there was a lot of symbolism. And one of them is you have a beautiful woman laying there with roses spread all around her. So I thought perhaps that would mean rest in peace. What was the symbolism for that? Yeah, I mean, you're close, but this is Angela, the woman who found her daughter in jail. Oh. So she brought a red rose, rose as a present to mm -hmm. her daughter, mm -hmm. and I didn't shoot the encounter, but I figured, like, how about I just bathe this woman in red petals? So it's, and they symbolize this release, this love, this connection. I mean, the red symbolizes a lot of other things, but it's mm -hmm. actually this rose that she brought to her daughter. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted to bathe her on. Mm -hmm. She was so happy. She would just bring, touch the roses <laughs> and put it. I was doing just this kind of uh, more well, stage action with her, but. And she roses took it to represent the next a mother's love because roses are the symbol of Mary, Mother Mary. So I, I, I just, it took me to a lot of different places when I saw that. It's very special. Thank you. And now the other question I have is, there was another beautiful woman laying there with eggs around her. And I thought maybe that was the symbolism for the people that have found their children as a symbol of rebirth, because they're getting a second chance and knowing that that child is alive. Yeah, Jackie, I mean, eggs are rebirth or life. Yeah. You know, the egg is the cell. But in the story, it was more a concrete thing. Is This is Guadalupe, the mother that the couldn't eggs. cook the eggs. I so see. after she cooked, she was able to prepare the eggs for the camera and do this not really symbolic action. It's a real action. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not the symbolism of an egg. It's an egg itself that was the, the object of her fear, of her pain. And her name is Guadalupe, like the Virgin of Guadalupe. So mm -hmm. I made like a crown of, mm -hmm. of eggs, like she was the Virgin. Instead of the stars. Instead of the stars, yeah. correct. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what has been the biggest impact to you? I mean, the, the stuff you're talking about is heavy. It's right? very like, heavy. It's, it's got to be very transformative for you and also bring you to a place of deep appreciation even for your life. The life that you have, right? And for so, your daughter's life. Yeah. So what is yes. what has been the biggest impact for you as far as your perspective, the way you see the world? I mean, I think their, their strength has given me strength. Mm. Just it's so inspirational what they go through and how they endure and the way they walk in life. I mean, I don't know. I think I will be crying. Yeah. <laughs> they just so strong and the strength and these things of their love, all the things that I've done is inspire me to go through the whole process of filmmaking and making a documentary film of mm -hmm. a foreign language in this country and raise the funds and and I'm gonna finish it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, it's, been, it's been a very long journey for me, this, this film, but I think what it keeps me going is the certainty that this movie has to be made and their stories are important and people need to know about them. You know what I love so much about your story, Mary Luisa, is that, I talk about this a lot in Reset, is that we have all these different experiences in life. So you've been, you know, you are a filmmaker, but you've had a lot of other jobs in art, in the film world, and here you are at this point. 
and starting from when your uncle disappeared. So it shows you how God uses all our experiences for that moment when we're living in really breathing and sharing our unique divine purpose with the world. And look at the impact you're making. I mean, here you are using your own funds for five years. Now you're 89% of your goal. Hopefully by the time this airs, you'll be at 100% or 110 and get more than you need. But it just shows you that in our life, we can make a difference. We can make an impact. And when we put our heart into something with good intention, it will come to pass. And hard work is worth it. I think passion, conviction, selflessness, and just believing in your, your inner call what you're supposed to be doing in life. I feel that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. All of my, all of my life experiences have taken me to this yes. point. Mm -hmm. And everything I've done to survive in this country, all the jobs I've made, that I wasn't so sure why I'm making this mm -hmm. if I'm a director, had guided me and had making me make this film that I'm an adult person, mm -hmm. adult woman with experiences and making me richer. And this is the movie I can make today, not five years ago. Now, no. this is the right time to in do it. In this moment in time. In this yeah. moment in time, and it's, you just have to, for me, the life, this life that is worth living right now is a life of passion and purpose, mm -hmm. and in help to others, but also fulfilling myself and my own needs of expression. And I, that's why I wanted to talk about this. For our audience, it's so important to answer your call. And I think that there is such uncertainty when you actually figure out what that call is. Because you think, well, I have no idea what I'm doing. How am I going to do this? I don't have the resources to do this. I have a family to support. You know, there's a million reasons you can't. But when you answer the call, all those divine appointments happen. And help does start pouring in. And look at all the people you're helping by answering your call. And all the people you will help. And all the people you will help, alive or not alive. Yeah. You're giving closure. I could cry. Aww. You're giving these closure to these women who they don't even sleep at night because they don't know where their kids are. Imagine being like that. They are the walking dead. So even though they're alive, they're not alive. Because how can you be alive when the person you love the most, which is your child, you don't know where they are. Are they in a grave? Are they in a sex trafficking ring? Are they scrubbing floors? Are, are they in jail, which is the best place you could be? Buried somewhere with 10 other people. And you know, it's just, it's incredible. And I really hope that our interview gives a face to these people that they're not immigrants, they're people like us. And they're just trying to better their lives and trying to escape mm -hmm. terrorism and being kidnapped into a drug cartel or whatever goes on. We as Americans, at least myself, I'll just say it from a personal perspective, I don't know all the things that go on in the world. I've never been to El Salvador. I've never been to Pakistan. I don't understand what it's really like. So just because I watch TV is meaningless because that is not how it really feels. It's for the day in, the day out. So it's, this is so important what you're doing. And even so the I commend the, you. The, and also the Thank perspective you. of people of immigrants. Yeah in this country really you know yeah because you know i like i said my family comes from haiti yeah we came here we've worked hard we've been honest and you know all my cousins we all work hard we have great jobs businesses we've 
done what we came here to yeah. do, you know, and it was not easy. You know, English was not the first language, it was yeah, the second language. And the so whole experience hard. of that and the racism that you experience, and it's so hard to hear people talk about immigrants like they're not people. Yeah. And you're bringing that humanism. You're, you're helping people see they are people just like us, just like mothers. you and me. They have mothers, they have brothers, fathers, they have brothers, sisters. sisters. And you're really helping people to understand their plight. You know, why are they leaving their country? They're not just, you know, coming here to feed off the fat. They, they're coming here for a reason. They're coming here to, to survive. better life. Yeah, to survive. Yeah. What is your hope, other than all the obvious, but what is your hope for this film that it will do globally? Well, the, obviously, and more direct is I want these women to find their children. Yeah. But globally, I would like to change the laws of this country. Yeah. I would like, I would like people to be aware first, then press local authorities to, to Help. keep, yeah, to support. just support, get those bodies out of the ground, make proper DNA, and yeah, and do the right thing. Do the right I want, thing. You know, when immigrants don't come to this country, they when they come to this country, they don't have the same the same laws don't apply to them because they're not American. They don't have the same rights. rights. They don't have the, the same rights. They don't That's have the, the same, right. same rights. Yeah. They don't have the same rights. Yes. So we want to give, give a different face. Is really what we're trying to do. Yeah. So let's talk about how can they find you, Mary Louisa? How can people find you in your Indiegogo campaign? Do you want to share your information with sure. the audience? They can find it in uh, it's a placefilm.com. A place film. Dot com, then they can find all the information and the link to the Indiegogo campaign. As I said, I'm 89% of my goal. I have still one more day. Actually, <laughs> I don't know by the time this air, uh, it will be one day. So tomorrow is the end of the campaign. So if you want to collaborate with any support, a dollar, five dollars, there's all these type of perks, uh, please do. I will be very, very happy if you can help us out. And tell us the name of your film one more time before we go. A Place of Absence. Place of Absence. So it makes total sense to you because you are in a place of absence. You just have no clue what, how to feel, how to function, just completely lost. And those people that are coming here are also in a place of absence because you have no life when you're in danger every day. What made you name it that? How did you come up with that? Before we go, I'm just Before curious. Before we go, it's like, yeah. it's like a place of absence. It's like when you have somebody not there, like it's a place that you inhabit, mm -hmm. you know, that I call it the place of absence because you have somebody absent in your family. So it's not necessarily a person that when missing while well, they were immigrating to a different country. Like everybody can relate to have a, per, a Yeah, it's somebody, a void in your heart. It's a void in the yeah. heart when you have somebody not close to you. It could be your mother that you've been far from a long time for different reasons. A loved reasons. one who passes away. I love it. You love it. Yeah. yeah. But when they passes away, it's different. You know what they are, but it's somebody that has been for, far from you and you haven't been in touch mm. for a long time that you inhabit this place of absence where you can't be close to the person that you love and or yearn to be close to. And this is where the audience can relate to these women, although they might not understand the social or be part of their social mm -hmm. 
cultural mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lives, we all as human have that. And that's what I want to show in the movie, that place from an artistic point of view, not so much as a political one that we've been talking about yeah. Yeah. backstage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. And for, for our audience, if someone does have someone that's missing that in, in this regard, what is like one or two things you could share with them that they could do right away to maybe start that search Process. in a different way? Yeah. Can you repeat the question? So if someone has a child or son that's gone missing that has been trying to immigrate into our country here, what is something that someone could do right away, one or two things to find that person? Well, they should get in touch with their organizations, with their own home countries. It's Cofamide in El Salvador, Cofamipro in Honduras. Guatemala doesn't have a name yet, they're still getting organized. But if you live in this country and you have not been in touch with your family from far away, I just want you to know that they are looking for you and they are dead, crazy, sick, and sad because they don't know where you are. And they all they want to know is that you're alive. That's all they need to know and they will be able to, to move on with their lives. Thank you, Maria Luisa. Thank you're you. amazing. Oh, you're God amazing. bless you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And for our audience, reset, reset because, because you deserve it. Yo no sé cómo les gusta, pero en fin. Después de mucho vagar Vengo a mi tierra querida Para descansar Vengo a mi tierra querida Para descansar Cuando mi pago dejé amor que perdí no pensé nunca en volver por no recordar ese gran querer pero mis cerros me llaman para que muera aquí y que el arroyo reparta en la tierra lo que quede de mí y que el arroyo reparta en la tierra lo que quede de mí. Que yo me pueda volver después de mucho pasar. Una semilla de ceibo y en un árbol terminar. Una semilla de ceibo y en un árbol terminar cuando se agiten mis hojas y al viento le eche un cantar será un grito de alegría de haber acabado acá pero mis cerros me llaman para que muera aquí 
que el arroyo reparta en la tierra lo que quede de mí y que el arroyo reparta en la tierra norteña lo que quede de mí Bueno, realmente necesita un trago, mami. Me voy a traer tequila.